Welcome into the newest episode of Side Mission. Uh, like always, I'm your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by all three of the boys today. Kyle, Matt, Thacker. I can say Thacker's name because he's here on like the Plague Tale episode when I almost said his name. <laughs> so, today... We're talking about another Nintendo release. That means Matt's going to carry the fuck out of this episode. I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. Let's go. Oh, we are talking. Oh. <laughs> we are... Matt's like, I'm not ready for that. No, we are talking about Mario and... How the fuck? Is it Mario plus Rabbids? Mario and Rabbids? How the Mario fuck? Mario plus Rabbids. Mario plus Rabbids. Sparks of Hope. Whatever. The... Sparks of Fuck. Sparks of whoever. I don't know. I just I, thought it was I, Mario Rabbids. I, like, no I, or anything. I thought it was just Mario Rabbids. Honestly, that's all I've been calling it, and that's all I've heard Kyle call it. So, you know what? Because Kyle said yeah. it, he's right, because he's um, he's right at everything. So, in all seriousness, we're talking about Mario and Rabbids, uh, Sparks of Hope, uh, a game that, you know, follows up what I... A game that I, I feel like has a mixed, or had a mixed reception on the Switch um, in... The, the first game, Kyle, I know you really loved it. Uh, Matt, I think I remember you really enjoyed it. I've watched you play it a couple times. But one thing that we can talk and we can start with this game that I think this game is a great example of is how a sequel can improve in every way on the original. The original game is really good. And Kyle, again, I know you really liked it. But I feel like this game really improves a lot on the combat system, the exploration uh, and I think overall, just the ease of access, especially for newcomers into the series, I feel like this game does a lot of good things to improve the series. Yeah, the first game, uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was definitely a different take on the Mario series, with it being a more strategy-type game, and you know, all the combat is turn-based. Um, it normally would not have interested me. Yeah. Um, I'm not that much into these kinds of games. However, I, you know, was like, okay, it's Mario, Rabbids, kind of goofy, kind of weird. I got to check this out. And I'm really glad that I did because I ended up loving the first one, um, despite the difficulty spike midway through the game. I heard it was um, hard. Did, was the difficulty spike actually that great? Because I've heard Matt talk a lot about how, how difficult that game does get. Yeah, the game was, you know, for about the first half, a pretty easy coast. There were some challenges here and there, but for the most part, I never really died. And then, I mean, you know, maybe it's it's towards the end. <clears throat> you just start encountering so many enemies within these battles, and you end up getting really overwhelmed with, you know, I guess they kind of expect you to be a little bit more OP than you actually were when you got there. Because um, I found myself dying a lot, actually, and I was constantly having to redo battles because I felt that they had to be almost picture-perfect. Yeah. And in this game, I feel that there's so much more room for experimentation, and it doesn't need to be nearly as tight. Um, the combat definitely has been fine-tuned, except for the animations. I think the animations for the special moves are cool, but I yeah. don't really enjoy seeing them every single time. Um, luckily, they did introduce a uh, feature that allows you to turn those off. Um, turn that feature thing on that, pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I I really uh, enjoy another feature that they introduced with this, and that's the difficulty settings. Um, in the last game, it was kind of more based on area. 
and here you have an actual difficulty settings with levels and you can even turn on an invincibility mode if you're just looking to experience the story so it's really cool to see them kind of expanding on the accessibility for their audience Yeah, I got two things that I actually want to talk about uh, compared to the original game. So the two big things, the two big game changers for this game is heavily on the fact that you are no longer set on a grid. Yes. So whereas in the first Mario Rabbids, you were, you know, you could only move uh, left, right, diagonal based off of a grid. If you've ever played um, this other series. XCOM, yeah. XCOM. XCOM, thank you, thank you. Yes, so... That gives you a lot more freedom in choosing where you move off to. Um, another thing that I love that they introduce is the jumping feature. So where uh, you can basically, you're not limited so much as to where you can move. You can use one of your allies to get a boost, and then that can all project you over um, other obstacles, get you closer over to enemies, or get you into a better positioning um, for when it's the enemy's turn. And the other thing that I think that this game did, and this also lies in the name of the game, are the sparks themselves. This gives the uh, this gives the players and your allies these elemental abilities. And as you're progressing through the game, you'll find new enemies who also have these elemental attacks. So, for example, there is this uh, type of shy guy, rabid-looking guy, who is fire elemental. So when you unlock a spark that gives you a water elemental, you do double damage. On top of that... Um, if you uh, if you have one of the sparks that has like fire elemental, when you cast it on an enemy, not only does it just do double the damage, but it scatters them. And this is it just adds a whole new layer of strategy into how you're going to approach the game. And th th there there's quite a few sparks. I'm around the, the the third world right now, and I probably got almost 15, 16 sparks, and they're all different elementals from poison, ice, water, fire, and even spirit. So they did a fantastic job on adding this new layer, this, this like new way to strategize how you're going to approach each each zone. Yeah, honestly, um, so I'm the new the noob to uh, Mario Rabbids. I have to say I thoroughly have enjoyed this. Um, I like how the sparks are easy to maintain or easy to gather just by completing simple things i think i've finished the first world with 12 sparks in total yeah um, there's a lot and it's it's incredible um there are now abilities that i never even thought about outside of the normal elementals um we even have support uh sparks where we can actually, instead of just protect, like doing damage, we're also protecting ourselves or protecting allies. Yes, it's something that's absolutely incredible to me. I think, I think the current team that I ran throughout the entirety of it was uh, like Rabid Peach, Rabid Luigi, and Mario, and just seeing these characters and seeing the like rabid's take on this game was something absolutely incredible especially with the whole rabid rampage game forever ago on what like the ps2 days something like that uh, anyone wants that cursed memory unlocked there you go <laughs> <laughs> talking about raven raving rabbits on the wii 
I thought there was one before that, though. No, their introduction the of the Rabbids was Rayman Raving Rabbids. Yeah, uh, hey, don't hate on that game. That game was... That game was awesome. <laughs> it's still a, <laughs> I, still a cursed I memory. That, <laughs> I played the shit out of that oh, game no, when I'm, I was a kid. I'm thinking of Whiplash. <laughs> oh, yeah. Honestly, I, I don't hate the idea of them bringing in Rabbids for Mario. Because, like, Rayman, I thought I was like, ah, it was kind of weird, you know... But Mario, he's had collabs with Rabbids, wasn't really, you know, I think too out of the box for them. And honestly, I think it's really worked with this. I When I, I played the first game, I didn't actually expect them to make a sequel. And now, I mean, if they want to keep making these, I think that they have improved enough upon the first one to, you know, show us that, hey, if they want to make a third game here's why we should support it here's why we should buy it this game like you said rusty i think really does improve upon the first game's mechanics especially with the movement i yeah i liked the first one the grid based system i think was cool but having a set area where you can kind of like freely move around instead of just you know within the grid it feels a lot more real time combat no, and I agree. I I gotta say that's probably my favorite mechanic that they uh, improved on. I think that someone put it best when they said that there's probably a grid in the coding of the game somewhere underneath all of it, but you know obviously we don't see it. I think that making this change to giving you this kind of it is a relatively limited area per character. Obviously, it's different from you know character to character. Giving you kind of this is giving you kind of this normal space that you have every turn that this is how far you can go in any direction i think that works a lot better than it just being locked in on a grid because it just feels like it flows a little bit better and that's in in turn-based combat that's kind of always my worry outside of pokemon games because pokemon is probably the only turn-based game i genuinely love i just sometimes think that the flow of combat in turn-based strategy games can be a little bumpy it's not always very smooth and I don't know. I just I think that this game improves a lot on that with the freeform movement. I like the specials and I like the sparks as well. I can't say anything that y'all haven't already said. Uh, I think that there is a good variety in the sparks. There's sparks that do damage. Like one that I've used a lot of has been Toxic Wake, just because one, the name is fucking badass. The name is awesome, and I love the attack. I love that it attacks three times. It's great. But I've also used the one that. Uh, I've also used both of the ones that one gives you, I think it makes all allies within the cert, within the vicinity around you, makes them all take, I think, 35% less damage at level 2 before you upgrade it. I like that you can upgrade them as well. Uh, and then the other one that I've used that's more defensive is the one where a character, when a character gets attacked, you can reflect 15% of the total damage that you took back to the enemy that, that uh, dealt the damage in the first place. So kind of gives you kind of gives you a little bit of variety. You you can pick three offensive sparks if you would like for any given level and that could probably work if you play it right, but I think it does add a little bit to the strategy and that is improved upon with the movement. You combine all that together and I just feel like it really works. No, most definitely. Uh there's one spark that I keep using that I've I keep flipping it between different characters. It's the uh, ethereal spark. Uh, I don't think I have that one your, yet. It'll 
allows your character to pretty much go invisible. So if you can't get behind a barrier, you don't have to worry about it because it's you're invisible. You don't have to worry about taking damage. So I keep flipping it between different characters that I like using. Um, mainly it's on Peach Rabbit and Luigi Rabbit just because of the simple fact of those two, I enjoy them a lot, but I feel like those are probably my two heavy hitters. Um, other than that, I'm using a lot of the elemental ones. I think the only uh, defensive spark that I'm really using is the uh, the reflector yes. that you get beginning of the game. I think that one's very useful. I, I think that's one of the most useful one in the game. Uh, and I think that when I look at my team, I think this is a good spot to transition to the characters that you can play as because I think there is a good variety in here. There's characters that can deal damage at close range. There's characters that are more use, useful at long range. And I think that the cool thing is you can be successful playing just about any way, and a lot of it is that strategy element of if you know you're going up against a bunch of ranged enemies, in the second world specifically, the lone wolf snipers are fucking toxic. I cannot stand them. When they do that freaking, that howling move where they set that kind of AoE up, and if you walk into it, you they get to shoot you. I hate that shit so much, and it's so frustrating when there's like five of them and they all do it at once. You literally can't move. But I think that yep. my team, for the most part, has been uh, Rabid Peach. And Rabid Peach is the star of this game, in my opinion, to, to, as much as I've played so far. Rabid Peach is absolutely the star of the game. Uh, she is. I've used Rabid Peach, Luigi, and I think I've kind of... I've swapped back and forth between Peach and Mario. I've kind of... And, and I've used Edge, because obviously you meet him relatively early in the game. Edge is really cool. That's probably Matt's favorite character because he can probably cosplay as him. Um, <laughs> Taking my early game joke. <laughs> yep, I, I, I saw I saw the opportunity and I capitalized. Damn it! That's but, fine. You can have it. <laughs> but I think that I like the variety and and Matt in a game like this. I feel like that variety. It would be so easy for this game to get stale hours in. I feel like it'd be very easy for that to happen. But I feel like having that variety of characters really and the variety of sparks as well I feel like that really helps to prevent that yes yes it does um especially because in the original game um i don't know if you guys remember this but you could not you couldn't switch mario out mario had to yeah. stay in the party and now we have the freedom to switch out mario and um add other you know other characters and give some variety because you know each character has their own special ability such as Mario, he has the ability to kind of like the low wolf snipers where he sets up that that radius where yeah. an enemy is detected with it instantly you get to uh, you get to attack. Uh, Rabbit Peach is one of my favorites. So just all the, all the characters in this game have just like their own personality, their own charm. Rabbit Peach is kind of like that like that social media influencer always out taking pictures and she's just really sassy. And then I have actually come across Rabbit Rosalina and. She has just like this kind of emo kind of thing going on. She's just like acting like she doesn't care about what's going on. She's just going along for the ride. Like she just looks so bored and over it. And um, with, uh, I believe that another character that I have yet to come across, but I know he was added is Bowser. So I, I'm very curious to see him. Ooh, I and know how that. Okay. Yeah, Bowser's finally going to get to be a playable character. Um, 
and I just I love just the combination with the with the sparks. Like I kind of I kind of set my sparks up with like the personalities if that makes any sense. Like for example, I gave that uh, that uh, that spark that makes you invisible to Luigi because it's like a ghost, and I think Luigi's mansion. Um, it so also it works kinda, with his playstyle too. Now that I think it about does, it, it, actually it really does. Works. It does with Luigi being a sniper. Yeah, it, it works really well with it. Um, give Mario kind of the fire and electricity elements. Um, so there's just so much to play around with in this game, and I don't feel like at, at any point it gets boring. Plus, there's so many different side missions. I can't believe it. I didn't want to say it. Damn, uh, roll so credits. Side, there's so many different side quests littered throughout each world. And like each world has its own Warren and they, they themselves have their own personalities and everything is just, it, it is so charming. And it's just, it amazes me. Like this is a Ubisoft game. Like first and foremost, like it's developed by Ubisoft, published by them, but it's just, you know, Nintendo, you, they're using Nintendo's characters here, but this is, and this, their console and their console as Matt's well. Gonna, <laughs> Matt's going to take this game out on a date. He called it charming. I heard that. <laughs> I heard that. You ain't getting away with that one. I heard that. <laughs> Submission cannon, sure. Um, hey, don't tell Pac-Man. <laughs> oh. oh God! But yeah, I I don't foresee this game getting boring. Like before you beat it, I I I want to go to the end here. I want to see, like especially the introduction of the Spark Hunters because they've introduced some of those. So I've only encountered t technically two because Edge is one, but he's also you know a turncoat. He's he's not working with them. Um, in the second world, you do run into one who is called Midnight, and she is this kind of ghost-like um, rabbit. I mean, they're all rabbits in this world. <laughs> and what I liked about the boss fights is it's still the same grid, or not grid-based, but it's still like the same zone type of things. But like the the bosses have like their own specials, um, and I've only encountered one so far, but it it kept it so so much fun because it was like three phases. But it didn't feel stale. It didn't feel like it was just repeating itself. So I, I don't foresee like this game getting boring at any point. Yeah, another thing I really liked that they changed um, with this game from the last game is in the last game, you could equip uh, certain weapons that had a chance to do elemental damage. And in this game, you get the sparks, which pretty much, you know allow you to do the elemental damage almost you know every single time and it's not just chanced based off based off of your uh you know your gear because it, it felt way too uh, like rng for me to try and tactfully plan out my moves when i'm not sure if this is going to do elemental damage if this is going to you know, do more damage or less damage or cause them to be stuck there or move around if they caught on fire. Like, it made it kind of chaotic. And in this game, knowing what elemental damage you're going to be doing and if it's going to be doing elemental damage, you know, is a big plus. The next thing I kind of want to bring up, and I feel like this is an interesting topic every time a Nintendo game comes out, because they've the when you look at Nintendo's releases this year, they've been all over the spectrum when it comes to... Um, is it worth what is being asked? And, you know, is it worth $60? And 
I think that this one falls more closely in line with Splatoon 3, with Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and with, you know, Kirby and Pokemon Legends, that I, I think that Nintendo did a good job of giving us a lot of content in this game. Because this is about, a, I mean, you focus on story stuff, it's still about a 30-hour game. It's about a 30-hour main story, and then it can take you even longer based on side stuff. So I think that Nintendo did a really, really good job of kind of giving us, you know, give, giving us a good amount of content day one and not using that atypical drip-feeding method that has happened in other releases. So I, I do think we need to give Nintendo a little bit of credit. And, I, you know, I've said it all year. I think Nintendo's put a lot of, con put a lot of games out this year, and I think that they're good games have been really, really good. And I think that their their games that are rough have been pretty damn rough. And I mean, we all know what games we're talking about. So, Thacker, I know you had something on the price tag. What what were kind of your thoughts? You think this game is worth sixty? Uh, base game worth sixty? Yes, I okay. will agree with that. Um, me being thanks to Rusty, of course. Uh, I'm blaming me, me for this shit. Oh no, I'm blaming you because you're gonna understand here in a second. If it's about the fucking steelbooks, if it's... <laughs> it is. It is the steelbooks. Oh, my God. Me being the big steelbook guy that I am, thanks to this lovely motherfucker here, um, I do not think this game was worth 90 bucks for the steelbook edition. I feel that. Um, especially because it only came with the pre-order bonus of cosmetics, and it also came with a different set of cosmetics. That was all it came well, with. Well, it did come with the season, season pass. pass. I mean, it does, to be fair, it does come with the season That's a very Ubisoft. That's, I think that's the key how you know this game was made by Ubisoft, is that there was a season pass included in uh, in the pre-order. Um, I guess, speaking of that, what are we expecting to see in the season pass? Like, what like what do we think I mean, we will see? I mean, Rayman, obviously, is like Rayman. the big rumor. Yeah, that's... that's <laughs> Rayman is the big... That's the big rumor right now that that's going to be a want. part of it. And so what else do we think we'll see? Well, actually, I want to ask first, why Rayman? Because I guess that was, I don't want to say before my time, because I definitely gamed when Rayman was out, but I guess I wasn't big into that series. Why Rayman? Uh, Kyle, you want to go first? You want me to? Dude. Rayman <laughs> is honestly such a throwback for me uh i played the shit out of rayman growing up and unfortunately they seem to have just kind of forgot about him and i would love to see him come as dlc in this game because i believe that getting enough hype up around the character could possibly get him another game or a remaster or a remake of the older games but you got to get that name out there. Everybody, you know, probably knows the name Rayman, but, like, they haven't ever, you know, played any games with him in it. So this is where you should introduce him, especially since it fits with all the crazy wackiness of, you know, what's going on with the, you know, the Rabbids and, uh, you know, how it all started with Rayman. You know, I think it would be really cool to have him come in as DLC and... If they don't, then that's a big miss. Um, so I'll add this right quick. There is a stigma of types sorts to the to the rabbits. It's like you gotta love them, you gotta hate them. A lot of people justify their dislike of them because they feel like that the popularity is what phased Rayman out. Because after Rayman Raving Rabbits, they did a sequel, and then after that, 
it was just a rabbits. And we haven't had a proper Rayman game since, um, what was that game that came out on the Wii U a few years ago? Um, I didn't know which Wii U, kind of, so I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, think called, I think it was called Rayman Legends. It was a side-scroller akin to, like, the um, OG Rayman games before it kind of delved into the, the 3D aspect. So, 3D ones were the best. Fuck the 2D ones. I'm sorry. I love them, I love them all. Rayman is a fantastic character. Um, he was actually one of the most requested fighters for Smash Brothers. I was very surprised they did not put him in there, but they put him in as a spirit. Um, no, you're not. You'd, you'd rather have Sora than Rayman. Well, I'm glad they got Sora, but no, I, I wanted Rayman. Don't I get me started so on Sora. This is going to be a very violent podcast if we do. <laughs> I was very excited when apparently somebody had did a fake leak of Rayman uh, having a portrait in the game, and then it turned out to be fake. But the uh, the season passes adding Rayman on the cover art. You can actually see the top of Rayman's head, and they did talk about that. So I'm kind of hoping that with the popularity that this game is seeing right now, and that maybe we can see Rayman get a game in the future, but that's something completely different. So... I'm gonna move forward now. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like out outside of like, of course, getting Rayman in this game, I would love to see some DLC for the seasons pass to maybe add some more Mario characters as well. Like, there, I get it. There's not a huge lineup of Mario characters, but think about it. You could still add Donkey Kong. You could still add Yoshi um toad uh matt just say well just say this is probably this is probably what the boardroom sounded like when they were like all right what characters should we have well we got mario uh look look the green guy the green guy at the same time the man is not that popular and i will admit who's seth rogan playing in the new movie oh donkey kong yeah put that guy in there look and matt i understand yes you and rusty can call me out on this all day I am a Waluigi guy. Damn right but I will. Man not, the man is not that popular. I don't want to see him in this one. I don't know I, how he would... Kyle, you and I are helpless on that one. I will even say that this man can... That man can stay the fuck out of this game. Um, <laughs> That's not okay. Like, I would like to... <laughs> stop it. Um, I, I would like to see other characters added in for future DLC. Maybe even some extra missions or maybe even an extra world do we all at least agree that like i think that this is ubisoft's handprint on the game i'm not saying it's a bad thing at all i don't think season passes are inherently a bad thing do we think that's more of an ubisoft thing yes yeah okay so we all agree on that then okay good i mean again i don't inherently think it's a bad thing i think if you provide a lot of content and you make it worth it then it's fine i think it's hard to judge the value of a season pass before any content's dropped and i think we can all agree on that um, I mean, the problem is we don't really know what's coming. It's kind of like what happened with, uh, this is about to make some people in this party really mad, but uh, this is kind of like what happened when uh, EA brought back uh, Battlefront and the battle and the battle or the uh, season pass was like $50 was almost another game, the price of another game. And the problem was there was no explanation of what was in it. So I hate that I'm comparing it to that because I like this game a whole lot more than Battlefront. I think this game is great. Uh, probably probably the most solid 8 to 9 out of 10 that I could give a game right now considering the other games that we've played. Looking at you, Gotham shites. 
Um, but I think that uh, obviously we all really enjoy this game, and I think that Nintendo and Ubisoft did a really, really good job with this one. They made a better sequel than the first game, and the first game was good. This one had quite a bit to live up to, and not only lived up to it, it, uh, it surpassed it in all of our opinions. I think that's pretty fair to say. So that's going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Side Mission Pod. We're just Side Mission Podcast on Facebook and TikTok. Thacker posts a lot of funny shit on there. And I'm sure that there's uh, going to be some funny Gotham Knights clips that uh, may, may or may not see the light of day. I don't know. Maybe depends on how much depends on how much we want to get canceled, apparently. So. Don't, give, don't give away my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to wrap up uh, this episode. For the boys, for Matt, for Kyle, for Thacker, I'm Rusty. Thank you for listening.